We've yeah, there's, it's so frustrating because, like, I mean, you really got to do something yourself or else you feel completely powerless because, you know, it feels like your vote doesn't even matter. Um, and even if it did, you know, argue it, it seems doesn't, like but... once people get voted in, even if they were good to begin with, well, they might not stay so shiny for long. Right. It uh, power corrupts as it as it does. But anyway, let's uh, dive into our cast. We'll start. We will. Um, I guess I will read all the things in our, you know, uh, who we are and what we're doing. Welcome to Montana Voices podcast. We are here with uh, Miss Squeaky Von Snuggle. As uh, as always, we can say as always now, you're 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 on the payroll. That's right. Here to stay. So previously we had Bryce read through the news consistently and sometimes we edit that in and we have the technology to I could just push a button and we could play our intro but being the raw podcast that that we are one of the most irritating things is like every like two bit podcast has that weird like I think it's the same outlet that's making all these intros and it's like a grand sounds like David Letterman coming on stage and I think David Letterman being corny with the intro was the point that was the joke but they appear to have missed that that it was supposed to be not flavorful in the you're probably listening to this on your podcast platform of choice except spotify so of course available on itunes and google podcast and wherever fine podcasts are available um it's just montana voices podcast if you want to reach out to us on the email it's montana voices podcast at gmail.com we do have our website where we host all these things all on our own montana voices podcast.com we have a tiktok twitter and youtube and all three of them are montana voices podcast yes this is Montana Voices. I kept Bryce on the payroll forever just to read that, but uh, it turns out <laughs> we're going to get to Bryce in a second because we we had to let him go. The, the person responsible has been fired. We'll get into oh uh, a recap of our old stuff, um, and we'll just very quickly we'll mention in our last episode, episode two of season three, uh, we discussed the election results. They were still fresh at that time. Coronavirus's funds to fight crime was discussed. Uh, uh, there's a Great Falls Task Force on crime. Cascade County is doing something with the stack, and there's going to be more developments, which we'll discuss in a second. A uh, new congressional map for our new house seat. Clinton pastor and the pride issues. That's mentioned down earlier because there's new developments to it. And some about Montana Free Press. They also have a podcast. Or actually, they don't. They haven't had an episode in over a year. So they uh, didn't quite have the stamina that we do. Indeed. Stamina. We'll start with our first line of business. Uh... Fortunately, um, sans a few special episodes, leaving on good terms, uh, he's focusing on a different business venture. Bryce will no longer be with us. Bye, Bryce. See you later, Bryce. You don't sound sad about this at all. You're well, the I don't know. <laughs> I got this sweet headset out of the deal. I don't know. I like this headset. I like this headset a lot. <laughs> yeah, broadcast quality stuff here for, for sure, but <laughs> but we have nothing but well wishes for him. We're we're leaving on good terms, but we're going into oh, a, yeah. a more in-depth journalism eventually. We'll we'll get there. There's truth in what we do, and I think that the idea of develop reporting news via podcast form is a new territory for podcasting in general, other than just reading the news and discussing it after the fact. We'll we'll make the news. Oh yes. Sooner or later. Well we could be. We we could newsworthy. be newsworthy. <laughs> then the news will report on us and then we'll have to report on our opinions of that news. It, you know, it's you know, it could become an eternal feedback loop of, of news magic. Oh it but isn't that what every creator does? Like Mr. Beast goes on, he does some stuff and then angers somebody else and somebody makes a video about whatever he's doing. Whoever I don't know, who's another big guy on YouTube other than Mr. Beast? I, those My my favorite, uh Nick Cicado, Avocado. He's he's going through this uh cycle of arguing with people. I think he learned it from Trisha Paytas. I watch too much of that stuff. You know, they're, they're fun. It's it's really fun to watch the drama. <laughs> All drama. But all the time. But just going back and forth with the bickering the, to generate the views, you you got to file. And YouTube tried to get away from that. I, I don't know if they thought it was too childish, but remember when you used to be able to reply in line? So oh man, yeah, like responding to videos, and they would show up in the either underneath or on the sidebar. Yeah, like you could just be like, I'm gonna chime on this too. I'm gonna let you know exactly what I think. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember the year that went away, but it went away a long time ago. And they've also done away with dislikes. I know. Everyone's a winner here. Yeah, 
Yeah, everyone's a winner. Everyone, everyone play nice. I uh, suppose that's a, a a message to hope that everyone plays nicely. I understand that they uh, feel the need to do that. They 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 say it's in the name of small creators to prevent them from being bullied. And you know, it happens sometimes. People like coordinate coordinate a bombing of someone's page and give them a bunch of dislikes, but. Well, that On was... the other hand, engagement is engagement. Right, that's par for the course. Any news is is good news, I thought. But right, and you know what? If somebody really says something, uh, I mean, you, you'd think you'd want to know. You think you want to? I sub- you can look at your stats still and see what, you know. I, for some reason, uh, like you can't see the dislikes, but there's still a dislike button. Or did they just like go all out and just get rid of it entirely now? Here, there is yeah, still a dislike out, button. Yeah. All right, they've done nothing, I guess. Oh, you can still see the number of dislikes, huh? Oh, I can't see the number, but I can still click the yeah, dislike button. Yeah, you can still click it. Like, Does so it I suppose anything? it's like, you know, I don't know. Like, if you really want to beat yourself up, you can still probably look at those stats. It's just, the, you know, outwardly people can't watch the number go up as they pile on. How many dislikes can we give this person? You know, like, you can't really tell outwardly. Like we're, we're if, feeding if you the really boomers. wanted to make yourself a, depressed, you could still do that. Uh, we're, we're feeding the boomers because one of the complaints you hear all the time is participation trophies or, or whatever. But then you have to remind them, I was like, well, we weren't giving ourselves those trophies. So maybe you should look at yourself here, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you're the generation of parents that decided that was a good idea. So uh, that, I don't get how, how you're the ones complaining. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my choice to the ribbon I got in fifth grade soccer. That was, that was, somebody, right? that was older people's doing. Blame us. Fine. Right. But, uh, I, I I still knew that that fifth place didn't mean diddly. I knew that that was a good job loser sticker. I mean, I understood that. I think every kid actually understood that. Like, sure, it's it's nice to feel like you know you were involved and you got a little souvenir I from being up. involved. Yeah. I think maybe it's more about keeping the child feeling engaged in that process rather than maybe they maybe it still felt good on some level. The matter of trying to keep the child engaged in the process rather than being like. I got nothing out of that at all. Well, I guess, you know, and at least they can say, at least I got this stupid ribbon. Exactly. And and my kids get it too. They'll come home like they ran the mile and um, not even a fast, like how fast was your mile? They're like, I don't know. There was no time, but I got a little plaque and ribbon thing for running the mile. I'm like, huh? Well, I'm just going to immediately throw this away. <laughs> I'm not keeping junk around the house. How much kid, right? You know, praise them and everything. And be like, yay, cool. You did Great it. job. Good you job. know, but if you put everything on the fridge, I mean, there'd be everything. There, on the there's got to be a cycle. Like, you put something up, you're like, I'm just going to set this here for now. But what's really going right. to happen is later when I'm doing the dishes, it's going away. But <laughs> Yep. Yep. Man, the fridge is a, it's like a lesson in. How to praise somebody, but like you got, you got to prioritize what goes on the fridge too, for sure. Uh, aluminum fridges now, not magnetic. The the new oh, well about efficiency that eliminates the problem entirely. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing goes on the fridge. It's like sorry, kid. It's gonna have to just be uh, you know, real important. Then we'll pin it up. Oh, it makes me wonder. I've seen those ex- <laughs> fancy, expensive fridges that have a tablet built in. Like you can see what's it. There's a camera in there, and you can see. And I don't have like four thousand oh, bucks yeah. to spend on a fridge, so it's not going to happen here. But <laughs> <laughs> can you have a digital slideshow of the? Just snap a picture, email it to the fridge, and just have it cycle through. It's like, ah, oh, it's your kindergarten artwork. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> if that yeah, is- I suppose that might be a thing of the past. Eventually, the the refrigerator magnet deal. You really don't want to have, more and more we go, it's like, I don't know if you really want to have your ma- bunch of magnets around your electronics. Right. Or, or especially now that we're getting all these, yeah, like, but don't, I don't know, careful about the magnet on the screen of the little tablet in there. That yeah, exactly. That be a good plan. Ooh, that should, that should be <laughs> aluminum. You don't want, that's an expensive fridge. And that tablet controls the fridge. It does temperature control, too. You can't, it's not like if the tablet dies, you can keep on refrigerating. That That's not the way that works, I don't think. Uh, I don't know, man. I like my food. My food's cold, and I like to be able to, you know, access it. Call back to all the time. Older times. Back in my day, we had to open the fridge to see what was in. I I can't wait until it's like everything's got a like digital, digital wrapper around it, so it can look like it's just not even there. Ooh. You can just have just a wrap around. Everything is just projected to be like a, a forest and. 
it, when you go up to the fridge, it shows you the literal whatever's inside the fridge. You don't even have to open the door and waste electricity to stare at it. Like, ah, uh, that is sort now of. Now I want to see what's in my fridge. <laughs> I want to open it because I'm old fashioned. And then... Yeah, I just want to <laughs> stand back here and look at it and tell it with my eyeballs that I'd like to know what's in my fridge, and it it just displays like a window into the inside of my fridge. <laughs> Well, someday we might not even need fridges. That Star Trek generator, whatever the mast, it made their food for them. Anyway, we're getting to in sci-fi. And oh yeah, off yeah I'm gonna trail <laughs> off. Please, you'll have to forgive me. Oh. You'll have to cut all kinds of stuff out of this. I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Star Trek far superior yes. to what that Star Wars thing. Had. Oh, every time, every time, I'm 100 percent on that team with you. Even mm. the worst Star Trek. <laughs> Actually, I haven't seen the new Carnival, the new Star Trek. I have not seen the new one, um, and I'll still argue that Star Trek Enterprise with Scott Bakula was the best Star Trek, in my opinion, because it was the most raw and, I wouldn't say unscripted, it was the, there was a lot of, Star Trek, like, Next Generation was too perfect, everything was, they were we were well developed then, but uh, I think Enterprise of our first space foray was the uh, testament of how humans and Americans work now which is not very well. I always found them, every generation of it, it's always soothing for some reason. Somehow relaxing. Well, Star Trek, typically it took on the biggest social challenges of the day, like with the original Star Trek. We had Russians and, and women and black women even, uh, first right? of all, on TV. And so that was that was cutting edge at that time. Later on, Next Generation explores different cultural questions like Measure of a Man, where we had to figure out if Data was a person or not, and just complex, big questions like that. And what's always, maybe I should watch the new ones. What's the big questions that we're not facing in 2021 that I'm missing? I don't know. I, I think maybe one of the things that's soothing about that show is that through all of them, it's like, oh, these people are like, these people care about these issues and they're they're collectively paying attention to them and being very thoughtful about it. These are all like, in, they seem so intellectual and there's, there's obviously there's problems. I, I only bring up Star Trek to keep this into Montana In Star Trek Enterprise. The first warp drive experiment was done outside of Bozeman, Montana. Oh, for real? Yes. Bozeman That's very cool. leading the way. <laughs> well, let's get on to actually things that are on our list. Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> films that we, Neither of us have seen. By the time we had saw the news article on it, they were completely sold out of both showings, and I'm not even sure if I would have been able to go to begin with. But we did report on the Montana Film Festival, which was taking place at about a week ago, started on the 20th, I believe, here in Missoula. And they had like some hundred films or something. and But it was all ticketed, and I'm not, I assume they're doing standard COVID, like half capacity pr protocol. So there's. Mm -hmm no tickets available they were uh they had made a second showing but those tickets immediately sh sold out so we're talking about a film about smallpox and shot entirely in blackfoot on the blackfoot reservation so ye am i i'm not even sure if i'm saying it right so ye? i feel like it maybe is so ye. um it looks really really cool sounds like the pecuni tribe that's what i'm seeing here but yeah, Pakuni actors and some oh, Pakuni actors. Yep, actors because yes. I noted that uh, there's like fifty, there's fewer than fifty fluent Blackfeet, Blackfoot, excuse me, speakers. We're talking about the Blackfeet, but the language is called the Blackfoot. Right. So it gets complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time keeping that straight sometimes. But there's more, less than fifty people on the Blackfeet reservation that can speak Blackfoot fluently, uh, and uh, I. Certainly not many of them are actors, just being such a small group of them. And so the, right. there were some Blackfeet actors, as far as I can tell, but many of them were not, and they actually had to learn the language. And it's not entirely clear, um, but as I read it, this film was shot two different times. Once in English, sort of as an A-take, so not you know quality that's ready to be released for English speakers. I assume there's subtitles in the film also. Um, that would be helpful. And then they overdubbed the English with the actual Blackfoot language and then trained these actors to speak it properly, which wow. sounds like a tall, tall order, in my opinion. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, it, it would take some dedication. 
and a lot of work. I mean, I can't yeah. even imagine. I I'm, I have a great admiration for people who have the dedication to learn multiple languages. It's really, really cool. I and wish I could do more of that. Multiple unrelated languages, because Spanish, of course, based on Latin, so is uh, Italian, um, some Latin roots there. <laughs> and English has a lot of it, because English is stills from everybody. So there's some commonality there. You can understand the sentence structure and everything, but of course, these languages that develop you know, far away from Latin America or Latin entirely mm -hmm. is a completely different way of speaking. So the difficulty factor, I think, goes way, way up. And further difficult is there's less than 50 speakers of it. And also there's no oh real, gosh. unless you go to high school in Browning, no one's teaching it. Yeah. And, you know, we have a, I think in this day and age, we definitely have a great opportunity to help and preserve as much of that as, as we can. There's no reason we shouldn't be. As, as humanity, we should be trying to preserve languages of, all over the world. And if we can help, I, I, would, I would just love to see way more of this kind of thing. A wonderful vehicle for bringing that issue of entertainment. How times have changed, because my gosh, what's the word? Assimilation. These assimilation processes that people tried to put everyone through. It just is ridiculous. Like, I know I'm not supposed to say these things, but I really can't blame, um, I, I, in, a, in a sense, I'm almost proud that people are reacting the way that they have been recently regarding these reform schools. They need to be, they need to be held to account. Absolutely. Um, and... We, it's hard for me to, you know, gosh, I, I just, I feel so strongly about it. I feel so strongly. It's not that I want anybody to light anything on fire, but I sure just can't blame them. Absolutely. And the Canadians, I, I think, took it to a higher, I, we, as Americans, we would like to think that they did it much worse than we did. But I think our sins on this matter are not yet completely revealed down here. So... Stay tuned for Absolutely. whichever. Oh, I think that there's going to come a time when it is a great, great shame what to everybody um, when they find out what's gone up around up in this area. If you just listen to Native Americans in their own in their own words, it's it's just atrocious. Well, with the uh, the smallpox uh, Blackfoot movie, uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I apologize if I'm just butchering that. Um, I assume they're making a connection to COVID, and that's particularly relevant to natives. Uh, sort of the note that I, I noted is, according to the CDC, natives are 2.2 mm. more times likely to catch COVID. And once they Ooh, no. catch COVID, which they are uh, twice as, over twice as likely to get it, um, they are also almost twice more likely to die from it. So I remember hearing reports from some people I know that work at like Benefice and then St. Pat's over here, that at uh, one time, every ICU bed that was occupied for COVID was a Native American, which is... Yeah, those are some very bad numbers. But as soon as we know where you can watch it, we will we'll let you know. So on to the old and new news. Last time we had you on, we reported about some shenanigans of a Clinton pastor who thinks he's being persecuted by the, the school lunch thing. So... Uh... Down old clown road. <laughs> it very much is a clown road. To recap, the Clinton Bible Church in Clinton, Montana, which is about 30 minutes east of Missoula, was distributing school lunches over the, the summer break. And it was like a food bank lunch. food. There was a pride flyer in there. Further research showed that it was a pride coloring page. They had a coloring page. You could color it. like I don't even know if it was the word pride or something. Maybe they provided rainbow crayons. The... Oh, oh, no. The, oh, no. <laughs> the aggression of these food bank people. My goodness. <laughs> Boldness. Yes. Those were the flyers he had an issue with. And then, of course, they decided to not partner with the food bank anymore. They provided their own school lunches. We don't know how good or how often those school lunches were because they did it on their own. But 
Um, it seems like a non-story. However, he's a realtor. I guess somebody made a complaint. The Montana or Missoula Realtor Association is investigating, and he's preemptively suing them for their investigation, which has yet to occur. It's said to occur like mid-December or something. He's not a racist, he says. Or not a racist. He's not, not a bigot. Excuse me. They usually go hand in hand. So you yeah, can't, yeah, it's one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't blame me for getting them mixed up. But right. to prove he's not a bigot, he brought in a bigot group to uh, tell everybody he's not a bigot and to raise funds for his legal uh, fees and whatever. Because um, mm-hmm. he's represented by the same same lawyer that represents this actual hate speech group. To say he doesn't make hate speech, he, uh, I don't know, he just wanted to show us what hate speech really was. Not certain what the logic was, but we are asking more questions. We've learned that this guy is also on the Clinton school board. And as far as a place to distribute meals, it seems to me that the school would be the best place to do that. I mean, the kids, there's much more things there. So he's on the school board, and then the school board decided to move the lunch distribution program to the church instead of the school. Like, the church is about a mile, like, tucked away towards the mountain. So it's in, Hmm. there's nothing, it's way, way out of the way. Yeah, it sounds pretty inconvenient. Um, Also, kind of lure the children to the church so they can be indoctrinated. I think that was Fed exactly food, the uh, plan. With, with totally no, no, no strings attached to it whatsoever. It's not as if the church isn't doing a little bit of their own, spreading the good word of their own agenda. Uh, they just particularly crazy about looking out for if anybody else might be doing the same thing. I don't know. I find it so paranoid. So I, that's exactly why I think it is. He convinced the school board or the school board. I don't know if anybody else on the school board also was a member of the church that I, I could not tell you, but I can tell you that he is. The decision mm-hmm. to move it seems very intentional. Like I said, the school's located in the middle of town where all the people live. Wouldn't the equivalent be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to move all of this to the the LGBTQ center and... Instead Which of I would be all completely over the place that you can't avoid with. looking at. Yeah, you know, if we could all just, you know, get along with each other. It's like, you guys got to recognize it. <laughs> you know, and then we got, let's see here. Because it's like, you can't, you can't go to a church without seeing church-related content all around you. You know, it's plastered everywhere. There's Bibles, there's crosses, there's pamphlets, there's summer camps. And then I'm sure that they'd love for you to see that. And probably for all the good reasons in the world, if you guys can do that, what makes it so crazy and wrong for other other groups who have the best of intentions, just like we are going to assume that you do? Uh, what what's so wrong with that? It seems like projection to get so so crazy upset about that. Well, it feels like a lot gets missed. Because when I look at groups like uh, this J.D. Hall guy, the the group and the Montana Daily Gazette people and the God, Guns, Glory tour that they went on, whatever they called it, some variation Yeehaw! of those words, always, <laughs> those words, <laughs> brought them all the way to Clinton, Montana. I can't say might be a godly person, probably thinks he has the best of intentions, but there's a lot that it's lefting out. If you listen to his sermons, he has... There's some biblical things being taught, but also they are spending an unproportioned amount of time on things about homosexuality. Because the Bible, that's in the Old Testament. Jesus one never talked about homosexuality. It's like mentioned, like, I think just once or twice. Uh, and so there's a lot of time spent on this very small facet of there's a lot of things that you consider sin, and they are ignoring mm-hmm. 98% of them to make this their one pivotal issue. And... I'm going to argue that it's because they're, in fact, not godly people, but they know what gets bigots going, and they know what gets in their pocket and what gets them power. So that's right. what I think the bend is. These are wolves in sheep clothings. You're being led by a false prophet who might mostly say biblically accurate things, but the focus is handling those gays, essentially. Right, or some other interesting, very specific goal. Uh, it's it's crazy to me too, man. Everyone knows this is a a hate group. The Montana Human Rights uh, Foundation is has them on the radar. Other organizations like LGBTQT organizations I know that I've talked with have them on the radar. So there's no doubt exactly what these guys are all about. If you had any doubt, you could 
Google the guy. He has a whole website where he tells you about it. At the very least, he puts it right out in your face, which is great. There's no questions about his beliefs. Given that, our, our sheriff, Jesse Slaughter, did photo ops with the guy and was like holding his pin and like his like sticker or something. Ooh, this was uh, before he switched to Republican. Look. Jesse Slaughter, we discussed his switch. He was a Democrat and then switched to Republican because uh, he was triggered by BLM. Really? That's that was the straw that broke the camel's back, huh? Yeah, well, specifically Ouch. one woman in uh, Cascade County who is a, I, I guess you call her, we've had her on the cast before, but you call her a prominent Democrat, not the mm-hmm. Democrat, not currently elected Democrat. So made some statements about uh, BLM, Antifa, and et cetera. And he went to the Democrats, the party, and said, hey, I want you to, you guys need to make a declaration about BLM and Antifa, how they're a terrorist group. Wow. Or you need to distance yourself from this woman. The Democrats are like, uh, yeah, we're not going to do either of those things, actually. Not issues affecting Montana at all, also. So he decided to uh, jump parties and become a Republican. But given some of his views, uh, it might appear obvious that he was 100% a Republican and only got in bed with the Democrats because he had no chance of winning a primary against, uh, I think, John Edwards, the Republican sheriff uh, who he beat out. So he had no chance of winning the primary against the incumbent sheriff, so he had to run as a Democrat, which he did, which seems, in hindsight, it seems obvious and brilliant move, I guess. Brilliant move. Got him into office. From from the religion to the politics, so much of the stuff was about marketing yourself and uh, uh, where you can get the most support and flip-flopping on issues and switching to where the appeal is. And it's that's so depressing. But brilliant moves on his part in hindsight, I suppose. Um, I mean, he's pretty young for a sheriff. He's, I think, he like is. 35. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty young. But, of course, Bernie, he uh, also went out during, I don't know if he did these after he was elected, but he had, like, the human trafficking seminars that he did at, like, the College of Technology over there um, and at a number yeah. of local churches. So that's... Oh, at the local churches, too, huh? Yeah, I attended one of those. I met him. and I, I didn't feel like it was organized very well. Uh, it's like once once they were done with the seminar, there was nobody responding to people on the... Uh, on the Facebook page that that event was associated with, which I found, I mean, disappointing. It's a task force. I think they're, they were trying to like, re- yeah, I thought that was a community outreach effort for there to be no responses to messages on there. But anyway, you know, <laughs> and if they have someone that young on their team, you'd think they would have a little bit better handle on something like that. There's at least one person there who's under the age of 40. So, well, th- <laughs> these are good things. And I, I, I saw him at a church, um, and I met him afterwards, and he shook my hand and, like, talked to me like I'd went to high school with him, and I don't know, maybe mm. I did. Uh, I'm lost. No. <laughs> <laughs> this guy on the football team with me, I can't remember. But <laughs> I heard the seminar, and, like, I understood that, like, it was probably still in its roots, and, like, because he, like, took an entire church service to do this. He, I heard a lot about statistics, about people being trafficked and the numbers and et cetera. But the, you know, the big question that everyone is asking is what can we do as regular people? And I was left not even an attempt to answer that. I'm like, I'll let it slide. This is, I know he's running for election. Um, Yeah, it was right before the election. And I know this is probably still a pretty new task force. So it needs time to grow. So there's, we don't need to harass them yet. But that's, and I, I think it's still, unanswered and it's a hard question well it is you know and it's it's hard to uh you know i i think that there should be some preparation probably uh for questions like that i think that's something they should have probably expected to to hear from people you can kind of i would recommend in the future in the future if if it were me i would definitely try and prepare some answers to some questions if if i felt like i you know kind of came up empty-handed or came up short with some answers there. I think that would be one of the first things I would focus on bringing to the table the next time I have a, a meeting of the sort. You'd think, but they did this week after week, multiple churches. and, and Oh, man. Did you go to the big one? And Yeah, you went to the big one over at the uh, College of Technology, as I recall. 
yeah, I've got a big room for that one. For an election. <laughs> That's essentially what it was. Uh, we've been we've been misled. But we'll get some more things on Sheriff Jesse Slaughter a bit later on this cast. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, uh, uh, CBD is back. Indeed, CBD is back. I'm happy to hear it. We, that uh, seems like a strange one. Yeah, we reported... Um, they were excluding CBD from dispensaries. So you can get CBD at the gas station, but you can't get it at the dispensary where you get your weed, which made no sense to me. I'll take them at face value. Department of Revenue says that they changed course because of public outcry, but does that ever work for (laughs) Department of Revenue? It seems like they run their own thing. Maybe there's another reason, but either way, we've got the results we want. Indeed. I'm happy to see it. Run to our next one. We completely missed this i i read it after the fact the crow reservation used uh corona relief funds to build a police force they spent about four million dollars on this yeah that was a really interesting story i took some time to read to read into that one for sure very interesting (laughs) it seems like a real shame that they couldn't uh be able to take control of that in their own community because i know that there's so much frustration with the bia well, and one of the frustrations was they only had like four officers and the core reservation is huge, big, 3,600 yeah. square miles, I think it says. And wow. We will uh, name our source here. It's nativenews.gour.umt. So it's a uh, University of Montana project. But this is a, uh, a long story. That was what, like a 15-minute read or so? Oh, yeah, it was. So good on them and doing some actual journalism. Um, But they unfortunately only have a handful of stories and there's like a team of 10 people it looks like and unfortunately none of them look like they're native which uh Mm. is Uh, that's unfortunate i I think the reporting was spot on in june of this year the crow got a chunk of like 27 million from the cares act and they used four million of it to make a police force um they've also since disbanded they uh purchased some 15 uh police cars from what I can see, they also hired a jujitsu instructor out of Billings, who I, yeah. I guess was a cop at some point. Um, I guess <laughs> so. He at least had some law enforcement experience, but it just looked so bad. It was like, wait, you hired a jujitsu instructor? Is is Joe Rogan in charge of this? <laughs> I think I think Joe's into the Krav Maga. Oh, it's completely different. It's even more deadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, maybe they should have hired him. Gee, <laughs> right. He's well, got to be bored out there in Texas. Uh, part of the issue had to do with the way that the CARES money was appropriated. And it looks like it didn't go into a separate account the way it was supposed to. So that was definitely not helping their situation. Well, there's a, I think a lot of things that doesn't help the Crow situation. There's a lot of obstacles. And they've been trying to build this police force for, I guess, a very long time to get rid of the BIA, who they say are ineffective at uh, policing the reservation. And there's some, of course, huge concerns over there. They're right next to I-90, and I guess uh, that's one of the big sources of uh, trouble is things can come and go very quickly, but there's no enforcement there. Yeah, including people. And we've got an epidemic of Native American women just disappearing all the time, and it's been ignored for so long. Uh, And this could have... If, if done properly, this could have helped be helped to become preventing some of that, you would hope. So it's a real shame and from that perspective that that this didn't work out. A lot of unfortunate. That ties back into another hard cast we did. I, I can't remember her name, but the, uh, the gal who went missing over there who turned up just like less than a mile away from the truck stop or not the, oh, the wow. rest area that she uh, went missing from. And I'm, we, we thought that there was a, a lot of unanswered questions there. Anyway, no kidding. Here, do, do we have more? Oh, the police cars are now sitting uh, unused at the uh, closed casino. Yeah. I know, but what a waste. And one of the things the article pointed out is uh, currently there's no dump over on the reservation. So there's sort of an area where people have decided that should be the dump. And they had some pictures of that, uh, which you would almost call poverty porn. I, I think if you take a picture of any dump, it's going to look oh, like no that. no kidding. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. You know, I feel like sometimes there's there's things that we see happening on the reservations uh, in areas like that, but they kind of are 
kind of a canary in a coal mine type of situation, um, you can kind of see some of the problems that, you know, we're all going to be facing these things eventually, considering some of these, well, we're running out of landfill, but there's, you know, we're trying to prevent people from creating more landfills because it's bad for the environment, but due to the pandemic and some of our, you know, supply chain issues, uh, we've been filling up those landfills way more quickly with all kinds of packing, uh, packing supplies, things like that, that we've been needing to get things shipped to our homes, we eating out of to-go containers. Now there's a shortage of to-go containers, but we have it, you know, run out of landfills to dump trash in. Then we don't want to pay people for this the service of processing it. We're starting to see breakdown in that. There's actually other countries that are seeing lots of problems with this too, but yes, it's not fair. Nobody should have to live in that. No, absolutely, and it's a problem we'll all be facing. I mean, landfills, uh, like think of the uh, Missoula one. There's no there's no space here. That seems that's prime real estate to build on, but as you know, Missoula's out of space, and nobody can afford a home here. So well, That's happening all over Montana. For now, for now. I'm waiting for this big winter. We are one big winter away from making a whole lot of people regret their decisions. So. Yep, going to freeze them out. It's going to happen, man. They're going to be like, wow, screw these roads. Goodbye. <laughs> I, I joke, but we uh, Monta- <laughs> Montana's big. There's room for people who uh, want to enjoy this, but but also there's not. So there's... <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see who lasts longer in our bitter winters here. We'll see. We've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> many times, many times. But, yes. But of course, it's just right. raining. What in the world? No real snow. I'm disappointed so yeah. far. It's almost it feels December. Like the winters no. have been warmer than usual. Past when I was a kid, I remember having nasty blizzards. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit easier when you're in a more, you know, you got more buildings around you. If you're in a bigger town, right? Maybe you don't get hit as hard because there's stuff surrounding you, not to you know be taking the full brunt of that winter storm. But man, when I was a kid, it was like you'd get buried. You couldn't leave your freaking car. Uh, I mean, you couldn't leave because your car was completely buried. Things right. like that. <laughs> then wouldn't start even if you got it unburied. Right. But no, oh, that's, yeah. that's... Good luck there. Those are the winters I remember, but we've been spared those for the last couple of years. And uh, I, I don't know if this is climate change uh, rearing its head here. Yeah. Uh, very likely Who could knows? be. It's going to correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if it does, some people are in for a real treat. <laughs> Let, let's hope so. I got, got snow <laughs> tires on the thing, so we're, we're ready here. Things are looking up, and speaking of buildings, the... Uh, Great Falls, Montana Trap House is getting a new lease on life. Yeah. Bats Building, which was the uh, drug haven in between the two rescue mission buildings in Great Falls downtown. So they built on the other side of it, and apparently at the time they had no interest in doing anything with that building, and I don't blame them. It, uh, was it as, did you ever go in that place? They had a central like bathroom stalls and like the doors weren't even shut. So you had to do your business in front of everybody. Oof. It's the one that was hollowed out by a fire, right? Like nope. there or there was some f- kind of a fire. Nope. That's the well, public drug. Building. I know that there's a, I'm, I'm think I'm thinking of the block where the public drug used to be. Then yeah. There's a bunch of stuff on top of it. Yep. Uh, nope. Not that one. That one. Not that one. I, I, that was pretty bad off. Huh? Uh, NeighborWorks is also trying to do something with that, or already did. I can't recall. We, I remember oh, okay. we discussed Yeah, that might be another separate project that's working on that. Yeah, so this one is a uh, very, very crappy apartment buildings. Right out of high school, it was too awful for me to even consider renting. So I went to the apartments across from any dub where NEW used to be, which was, were terrible apartments. My bathtub well, was... lived in there, too, the Dunn-Brown building. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, you can hear all kinds of domestic disputes in there. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of <laughs> including some of ours back in the day. But I, I just remember <laughs> our, our bathtub, like you couldn't sit there there was no shower, it was just a bathtub. Um, but you couldn't sit in the bathtub because uh, apparently somebody had made meth in it and like the the It was all corroded on the bottom. Yeah, the ceramic oh, was all gone and it was just this rocky structure, so you would Ugh. You'd have to squat in there and try to soap and anyway, <laughs> come from very humble roots, as you can tell. All right, both of us. Who knows? Who knows? I could have heard you screaming down the hall. I don't know. 
Hmm. All this time before we ever formally met, hear each other's voices across the way. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, so I had before that looked at these awful apartments. There at at the bottom was a weird mix. Like there was like a weird Bible almost cultish thing because all the time there was just a bunch of people sleeping in there so not associated with the Uh rescue mission but there was like a bible bookstore but really it was just like a hangout place like there was like you'd look in there and it was like it's set up for a shop so it's got big windows in the bottom floor and there's just people with sleeping bags and there's people like passed out in the house and you're like like some of these are like in a drug pass out phase and well i've been in a drug pass out at the uh, bats apartments before (laughs) (laughs) No shame, no shame in the no, game. Didn't live there, but I, it was an <laughs> awful place, awful place. Now that I'm looking at the the second picture here, yeah, it's just kind of kitty corner from the rescue mission, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah, I see it now. And also the rescue mission built on the other side of it as well. And then there's like a I thought that was the woman's shelter in that other area, but yeah. I I don't know. Well, the woman's shelter is across the street from it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm they, directionally challenged. You'll have to forgive me. I, I remember going there and like the like super whoever the guy was, uh, he like asked you some questions like, "What do you guys do?" And like you'd have to like, "Oh, I'm just visiting my friend. Here's my friend. Here she is. We're just gonna visit." And he'd be like, and then he'd warn you. I was like, "I don't want any drugs or any trouble." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Surely only... you would know nothing about that happening. In nothing. Your well, I'm only here to do one of those things, sir. You can only do one thing at a time. Kids are crazy, man. Kids are crazy. Anywho, so the uh, neighbor works in association with uh, what's going to be renovating that into affordable housing unit. So it's like a transition home. So people that have been homeless want to get into one of 25 apartments. And I guess it's supposed to be uh, transitional, but also supposed to have resources for mental, physical, and even employment services there. I'm curious. because you can't add a bathroom. To, like, imagine the cost of 25 apartments, putting a bathroom in every single one of them, because there's only a central unit there as it is now, and it's... Uh, well, it's going to be very pricey. And I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Um, but that's... that's very. I'm glad that something good's happened with that, because Great Falls has this... This would never happen in other places. Like, Billings, Missoula, buildings don't sit vacant like this. That doesn't happen, but the uh, public drug building has been there going on a decade. It's completely hollowed out by yeah, fire. Yeah, I wish they'd do something with it. Like, I don't know, said this about the other place that they were trying to work on, but it's like, these buildings are empty, um, and there's people, like, outside them sleeping in the alley. Like, either do something with them, or, like, something like this makes sense, especially the location of this uh the bad departments that location makes so much sense to do that there because all the a lot of those uh um resources are very close by yep absolutely we, we talked about the, of course the uh the rescue mission and the previous one but i'm glad that neighborworks is neighborworks isn't explicitly a uh, a government agency interesting to see uh private organizations you know step up where our governments are not really doing what I think is their responsibility. So I'm glad we can take it on on this level. But of Me course, too. I'd like to see them do something. Yeah, the building's just sitting there. The same thing happened in Helena. There's sort of this drive-in motel. It's more of a, kind of like a strip mall, so it takes up an entire city block over there. I think I've seen that place. I think I know what you're talking about. Kind of close to their little mall. Yeah, and it's all boarded up now and has skull and cross whatever signs all over it because it's full of asbestos, <laughs> apparently. But oh no! It's unfortunate that the city can can't do anything about it forever. I mean, you think Great Falls? You there's building codes. There's there's those. There's regulations. There's permits. There's easements and whatever. That if that's just going to sit there, it's one. I think some of the good real estate over in Great Falls. That if you have somebody that's leaving a, a blighted building, then should be some resources to reclaim that. Because I imagine the owners of the building probably wanted to do something with it, but as it burnt down, they uh, didn't have the resources or didn't have insurance, and now right. what do you do? So that's, uh, I Hopefully guess... something. I mean, you know, even... It seems like you could probably still save what's what's left there. I mean, it really is, you know, a cool building as far as it's kind of historical. It'd be a shame if it just rotted to nothing. 
if there was anything that could be done, it would be cool if they'd do it. And then, I don't know, projects like that seem like they'd be helpful for helping the economy, helping the community at times like this. I wish I'd see more more efforts like that, you know, kind of yeah, FDR stuff. FD, it's the, we have a great new Great Falls deal. but it's A great new Great <laughs> Falls deal. I freaking love it. Do but, it. But not limited to Great Falls. Um, the, the great uh, new Montana deal. Montana. The city of Missoula uh, bought for, I think, several million dollars. It was the Sleepy Eight mo- or Sleep In Motel, and it was mm-hmm. it was obviously a sort of a seedy place. Just it it, it was obvious. Just I have never been in there because um, I moved to Missoula as an adult, so <laughs> no business. <being> there. <laughs> but but it was obvious, and it was kind of run down and et cetera. But the city bought it from the the owner, and it was just very widely criticized. The, the idea was it would be temporary wow. Corona housing because Corona, I mean, if you're, you're homeless and you're living in an encampment or you're living with other people without sanitation or then that is a, I think a prime vector for the virus transmission. There's like 20 some units there. It was sort of a drive-in motel. So they took it uh, and bought it. And I think now we're selling it hopefully at a profit, this, this real estate market, maybe it was a smart move. I don't know, but oh, no. it was, Widely criticized because the city of Missoula does has no business running a motel, I, I I would think, and it seems like they they overpaid and like it costs several Ugh. million more dollars to renovate. To, in yeah yeah, and you want to hope that uh, somebody wasn't doing somebody a little favor by taking that property off their hands. But uh, anyway, you know, if it was that bad and that blighted, shouldn't have been there for the city to take over. The uh, city of Billings true, actually. True. Good point. The community councils got together, and there was a similar structure. I think it was called a Lazy Eight Motel, but hmm. similar to the facilities we're describing here, was just a congruence of drugs, violence, and crime, and etc. Was happening there, and then the owner decided he didn't want to run it anymore, but was just letting it sit. So the the councils got together and they actually bought it at a great price from the guy because I guess you can't just take people's property, even if the landowner and landlord is abdicating their responsibility. I mean, I think if you're going to own a property, especially in a, a business property, that you have a an obligation to your community in general, not have it be you know a burden on everybody else. But apparently other people don't feel that way because we keep on ending up with you know your hollow, burnt out building downtown with you know, sleepy in motels and then lazy eight motels and billings. So they tore that facility down and I, I can't recall what they're doing with it now, but there's, I guess, a beautification push, I guess, which is, uh, things are going to look better. And that place was one of the, the issues that made downtown billings so, so bad a little over a decade ago. Gotta, gotta be, uh, mindful of the, uh, beautification versus gentrification. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what sort of concern it is to gentrify the Lazy Eight Motel. It was. <laughs> uh, are the rats? Where are the rats gonna go? <laughs> a, a huge concern. Where are the bed bugs gonna go? You, <laughs> yeah, there's earwigs to think of. <laughs> exactly. You expect the women yeah. to work out of their vans? I don't think so. <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, I don't was know. The truth. I, there's <laughs> but... certain things. It's something like that. I I don't really see. Uh, kind of a safety hazard at some point. When you're talking about people's housing, I, it's different. But yeah, that hotel probably, uh, if it is somebody's housing, they're probably safer elsewhere. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, things are looking up for, for downtown Billings. Well, very speaking, good, very good. Speaking of property owners doing their do whatever for the communities, why do we just let it sit there forever? I know, the, I mean, certainly yeah, it's costing it really some property taxes, with it. but that's... They should, and I think if the uh, owners aren't, that ought to be able to have some way. It would be to cool if there was them. some kind of committee, you know, some kind of public group that would be allowed to try and buy things like that and repurpose them Ooh, for the community. Best I can do is a crime task force. I'm sorry, man, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Our next thing is ah, speaking of relics. Paywalls. We go through a lot of news and digest a lot of news. Um, this one is behind a paywall, behind a Great Falls Tribune payroll. So we had to verify via somebody's screenshot on Facebook. Somebody subscribes, I screenshotted it, and I had to cross-reference with somebody that actually subscribes to the Tribune and pays for that for some reason. 
Sometimes but, if you refresh the page and then you press stop before it fully loads, ooh. sometimes you can get it like that. Try that. So a slow internet. And not that you know, that's off. only uh, you know, I, of course I fully would never expect anyone to actually do that because that would you know be wrong. But yeah, there's you could presumably do such a thing. <laughs> Well, this one doesn't have that one where it teases you, where you click on it and then you read oh, like man. you read like half a sentence, yeah. and like subscribers only. Your 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 five free article limit. Subscribe uh, well, now. Well, if you don't want to be arrested, uh, if you can avoid anybody arresting you as a hacker for using uh, view source, you just probably a way in there too. <laughs> you can find out what's going on. Probably easy to do. Well, I, I think me and you, because of our background, are more techie than than most of our listeners. I think, which is great. So they wouldn't have the ability to do do it. So if they encounter a paywall, they're not going to have a way around it, unfortunately. But th- there's several tricks. Uh, well, in this case, I found a way around it and verified the screenshot was accurate to what they were reporting. But Cascade County CPS is paying out sixteen million dollars uh, to a uh, a child whom they negligently did not remove from an abusive home. These things are always hard to report on, but sort of the gist of it is um, this happened when the kid was 16 years old. Or no, 16 months, excuse me. Boyfriend, girlfriend broke up. Girlfriend went away. The boyfriend wanted full custody of the kid. Apparently she wasn't good at uh, advocating for herself because she didn't show up to her hearing on the issue, um, which maybe lends to the fact that maybe she wasn't a fit mother at the time. So... The child was removed and placed with the boyfriend, who then, for child care, found some lady. May or may not have been his girlfriend, but some abuse took place multiple times. Um, abuse that was actually noted by the uh, benefice when the child was taken in. Not acted on by CPS, despite the grandparents also making a report to CPS. It appears to be a commonality I've seen in this. We're going to get to another story here. But... After that, after CPS did not remove the child from the home at that time, um, more extreme abuse took place that was, unfortunately, life-altering. $16 million have been awarded. Nothing compared to what this child has to to live with now. uh, And if she's 13 now, then how long has she had to wait for this decision? Uh, a long time because they're uh, my god that's terrible imagine what she's had to endure in the meantime due to what she's suffered reading the full article the uh mother now has her things together and is uh properly caring for which is which is great the father is completely out of the picture which uh um i hold somewhat responsible if your partner is abusing your kid and you've seen that i think you are equally responsible we're going to get to another case here at the bottom which is a we talked about a long time ago, but bringing up terrible feelings. But because we've been hearing a, a few very vocal voices, including Jeremy Trevis, who we've had on the cast, he got in some heat because he mm-hmm. was sitting in on CPS hearings. Uh, yes, uh, he is your Republican House, one of the House district representatives right now. Uh, maybe even your district. I, I can't remember which one he's in. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've seen that name often enough that it might be. So he had gotten some heat because he was sitting into in on a trial on behalf of the mother. The uh, mother asked him to be there. And there's, and it's hard to sift out what's real and not when you hear people complaining about CPS. The mother was you complaining. No, it is very difficult. Innocent till proven guilty, but that's not always the case in CPS. And mm-hmm. uh, I've heard stories from people that are like, well, they falsely removed you know, kids from my home and placed them in foster care, and I had to fight and do all these hoops to get them back, even though I... um wasn't a you know negligent or abusive parent so you hear stories like that and perhaps we'll uh investigate yeah. have some of those people on in the future yeah it's and hard there's to... other cases where that's like it's like that these people could get away with doing anything and nobody seems to care it's very uh different stories sometimes but either way it involves cps uh not doing what they're supposed to be doing and and, yep. and not being a uh, social services professional myself it's hard to look in on these and know the challenges that i mean certainly it's a very difficult job and also one that i don't think pays very well so nope. the, your your place we're we're placing a lot of confidence in an agency that we are giving few tools to succeed in this case that's a big problem in a lot of programs uh, I would argue just about it every sucks when you're program. looking at something that's supposed to 
be protecting communities and then you realize it's got no teeth at all and it's it's there just to make you feel safe but can it do anything to help like the city commission's crime task force <laughs> so <laughs> I keep on sorry ties back to that. oh yes but back to your last point uh the mother has been back in the picture for a long time but as far as how long the child has suffered and not had the proper resources just now the child is 13 just now is this child getting into the montana school for the deaf and blind over there in great falls so there is a huge gap there from 16 months to 13 years that are where this child didn't have the resources available to assist her, which is infuriating, I think. Yes, it is. I think to anybody, it would be a heartbreaking story. Well, there's more heartbreak in, in CPS because more on that no with the, uh, the same thing that happened. This was years ago. I mean, a, a lot of distrust with them. It's not mentioned in the article from the Tribune. Oh, what's the last name? The, the kid's name was October, and she was uh, she was murdered by her mom's boyfriend. She this happened after the the child had their arm broke, or actually had multiple broken bones at the hands of this boyfriend, and uh, the, were not removed. Yes, was not removed, despite. And there's a. Uh, I have no relation to these people, but they're uh, Lawless America, I think is what they're called. This is part of a longer documentary, but April Hall, who was the grandmother, uh, is the one that found the child with broken bones, brought her to the ER, and then made a CPS report. But then according to her, CPS said there was no cause to remove the child. And that child, um, there's a, a Facebook page from the Lawless America people which shows photos of the home that the uh, child was in and it's mm-hmm. all very awful that no objective person if cps was ever in that home one i think there's more liability to other people and now i'm not suggesting we do witch hunts or anything but in the case that if uh, investigator saw this home and left the child in that home i think there should be some liability there i also definitely think there should be liability for the mother a hard point to make people are against that her child's bones were broken before this, and so she knew, which is why, I mean, guilty by inaction or irresponsibility, at the very least, that's a, you know, guilty by neglect, and maybe doesn't carry right. the full life sentence that the uh, abuser uh, Hysop is getting, but I think there's some liability there which should be enforced. There's got to be some level of personal responsibility involved in some of these cases, the agencies, the, the things that we have, the names that we give to, to things that are supposed to protect our, our most vulnerable are, like you say, oftentimes without teeth, without resources. And it, it's a hard spot to be. I, I want some accountability. I think we missed out on that, especially for the mother and also for <laughs> if a CPS investigator went in there and, and saw the condition. They literally had red rum murder backwards on the door frame above the kids, like the stairwell went down to this kid's basement. Bedroom. My God, that is insane. And the pictures that I saw of the place, even even if there was no abuse taking place, it was bad enough that the child should have been removed, in my opinion. And if they saw that and left a child there, and even even to the point, the uh, the grandma had the child after the uh, the bone breaking incident. So the grandma took the kid for like five days, and then CPS forcefully made her bring the child back to her mom. Good lord. Under the threat of arrest, they because she was the grandma was fighting for the kid. Um, according to her reports, CPS has made no statements on this, and uh, also the uh, the investigator now works for like aging services. Now she left CPS and is now in aging services. Based on her reports, yeah. uh, she was fighting to keep the kid, but CPS, under the threat of arrest, told her at one point, "You have twenty minutes to get the kid back to her mom, or the sheriff is going to take you and the kid away." Insanity. So if I, I think I, that's a tough spot. This is why no one wants to get involved. And that's that's what's so hard. You know, it's like, well, if you get involved, you might be the one who has somebody coming to take you to jail because you wanted to keep a child safe. Right. Now, I've heard this. Uh, I know a number of families that have that have fostered and that have had children that came from terrible situations. Mm-hmm. And they, they say it's always heartbreaking when a kid goes back to their uh their biological parents, and it's even more heartbreaking when they know for a fact that the situation that got the kid into foster care has not changed. Right. 
And, yeah. and there's problems with foster families too, but absolutely. You know, just, uh, and that, and some of the, it, it, I can see how hard it is. It's so hard to make that commitment to get involved because it seems like it's so thankless in some ways. And it is. And, and yeah. certainly there's, there's always going to be bad actors wherever you go, but with, with True. the foster families, taking a kid who 90% of the time you have, you know, they're coming from an awful situation, but that's all you know until you get the kid. You can't, there's because of medical privacy, they can't tell right. you. And how kid. can you know whether or not you're really prepared for this particular situation? Right. It can be a real, oh God, I could bet it's an adventure. Adventure, uh, sometimes <laughs> a very difficult <laughs> one. Because one of the, uh, the couple I know that fostered and then later adopted a uh, a group of boys but one of the uh they got a set of twins um but of course you can't get any medical history but due to the uh anyway the due to the uh, the children's abuse and these kids were like five and then eight um i guess the older one would be uh very sadistic to animals and also his younger yeah. brother and anybody else and that's information you're opening yourself up for that, and without any knowledge beforehand, you f- you find out after the fact. After you have them, you can view their medical history and see, you know, what sort of therapies they should be in, et cetera. And you're like, I brought a sociopath into my house, and I'm completely not prepared for that. So yeah, like, what do you do? Oh, that well, would be the hardest thing to ever deal with. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, I've read some interesting uh, accounts of man, that would be such a challenge. You never know. I mean, you got to really love kids because you never know what you're going to come up against. Anyway, back to, I guess, the original tough question of CPS liability. Obviously, the court system has decided um, that $16 million should be awarded to this kid for, I mean, it's hard to put these things in monetary value. Could have had a very bright future and everything. Now um, is a sure small... It would have been a lot less expensive to just do their jobs. It would have well the agency themselves is paying for this, so our tax dollars are paying for the negligence here. Um, but there's no personal liability. I don't know how far we want to go down this in professional liability. I mean, doctors have professional liability. We expect that from them. They're highly trained. They're they're supposed mm-hmm. to. If they do something wrong, they they should pay up and face some consequences, or maybe they don't get to be a doctor anymore. But for social services, you at least require, a, I guess, a, a master's degree to be a social service uh, or CPS investigator. And the whole agency mm-hmm. is filled with highly educated people. They might be against opening up this sort of personal liability. They would probably argue who's going to want to work in social services if that's the case. And that's a... Uh, I, and maybe they're right. We don't pay them a whole lot. Is the other thing. Yeah, they're well, professionals. With I, I would say smart, that the well-being degrees, of children should be something we are prioritizing. It should pay more than Taco Bell. Taco Bell hires Absolutely sixteen dollars an hour here, by the way. So Man, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and all sorts of perks. Let's say you get half-priced tacos or something, or employee meals are free. It's like they, it they sounds like that's me. more than the last time I check the how much teachers were getting paid (laughs) (laughs) it certainly is and seems like the people that work for the most heart it it takes advantage of it anything that you have the heart to do america capitalism even our government is going to take advantage of it and make you do it for peanuts if if you're just in it for the money (laughs) you will get far and be well off but if you want to make a difference in the world through your career whether you love flying or you want to protect children, they're going to take advantage of you. Yep. Well, oh, man. Well, let's... Oh, God uh, bless the children. <laughs> well, someone think of the children. <laughs> let's end this on a high note, I guess. Actually, I moved the uh, the homeless thing in Great Falls by NeighborWorks down, but then forgot to delete it, so we already discussed it. Because I wanted to end on a, uh, a higher note here, but Corey Stapleton is now a country star. Our old attorney general. Or excuse me, well, Secretary that is of State. Darling. Just or, darling. Well, I don't know if he's a I can't find any of his music anywhere. Um <laughs> <laughs> But this was uh reported on by uh KB like Bozeman, whatever. That's the only one it's Corey Stapleton and the Pretty Pirates. What the is the Pretty Pirates? <laughs> That's precious. Uh. Country song. So pretty pi- oh my goodness. Does he uh country is such a <laughs> So much pandering. Well, I guess there isn't looks, all music, but but that hmm. is an interesting jump. That's so weird seeing him with that smile on his face. 
I guess politics didn't, I don't know. didn't work out for <laughs> I know. It looks like he's sitting inside like a, a oh. beehive or something there. Just sitting there holding his guitar. So Yeah. <laughs> Anyone can make a CD. So it, <laughs> it's probably outdated. It was like a hundred bucks an hour for studio time. Um, start to finish. Show up, play your songs. You can make your CD. Can you do it better mm-hmm. than Corey Stapleton? I wouldn't know because I can't even find it on Spotify or iTunes. <laughs> I bet it's better work. I don't know. I, I would I would guess. I don't know. He doesn't seem that hip to me. <laughs> well, it's country. You're not supposed to. Uh, I just pulled up the website. It's been updated since I last looked. Before, there wasn't a music on. Now there is. Um, I assume we can't play it because of copyright or whatever. And it is on Spotify, it says. But you, <laughs> for $28, you can get the Corey Stapleton dad hat. Wow. That's what it's called. Dad hat. Dad hat. It's a flat build. It just says Corey Stapleton. Is that a star or what does he have on there? Looks like a martini glass he has on there. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't get it. Boomer stuff. Uh, Is he a boomer? I don't know. But we've successfully turned this around. All of our grim chat has now turned (laughs) to... uh, Giddy Miles and Rainbows and Corey Stapleton. So let's uh, put this one in the books here. Thank you for listening to Montana Voices Podcast. This has been Season 3, Episode 3. We will find a title for it. You probably listen to this on our website, montanavoicespodcast.com. Uh, also available wherever podcasts are. Just search for Montana Voices Podcast. And Twitter, YouTube, TikTok to get them all. At Montana Voices Podcast. You can find us on any of those platforms. And I, I just need a button to push. I can't read this off a list. But thank you for listening to Montana Voices Podcast.